Good morning, everybody. Good to see you. Good to be back from a, a nice break. But uh, I've always said it's always a good time to go, but it's always time to come back sometime. Amen? But it's good to be back. And uh, even in light of the prayer that Pastor Reggie just prayed, uh, it ties so well into what I want to speak about today. Uh, we have a choice. When things like that happen around the world, crises, problems, situations, things that are way out of our control, uh, but even things that happen right here at home in our families and our own lives, uh, sometimes we have a choice. When we hear terrible, hard things that would want to cause us to be afraid, that would want to cause us to be fearful, what do we do? My title is, I will not fear. I will not fear. And we have a choice sometimes to allow fear, anxiety, worry, nervousness, anxiousness to come upon us. And sometimes, even as Christians, we get so used to living with fear. We get so used to living with being anxious, being nervous about something, being apprehensive about something. We get kind of so used to that. Uh, what are some things, let me come down and hopefully the cameras can follow. What are some things that, that we tend to sometimes be afraid of? What, what are some things? I'm, sometimes I'm, I'm afraid of heights. Uh, a while ago we went up, to the, well, my granddaughter Livy went up to the Empire State Building and I held her hand so tight and she was my comfort and my peace at that time. But uh, what, are, what, are, what are some things that, that we get afraid of. What is it? Afraid of death? A lot of people are afraid of dying. Eh? Even, even Christians, a lot of people are afraid of dying. What else? What else? The economy. Money is crazy. We're afraid of the economy. Not going to have this. Not going to have this. What else? Say it again. Safety for our children. Concerned about our children. How they're going to be. Uh, things that when they face things, how they're going to turn out. What are some other things that we get fearful of sometimes? What else? Yes. Yell it out, I can't hear you. Afraid of failure. Absolutely, that we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. Well, we're not afraid of praying. That's why we pray, Dave, okay? But you're on the right path. What else? What's one or two more that we get afraid of sometimes? What do we get afraid? We get nervous. We get anxious about something. Say, yell it out. Afraid of being sick. Absolutely. Afraid of being ill. Nothing. In the back. What? Our health. Our health, yes. What was that? Losing, losing people we love, losing people we care. So many things would want to get us fearful and, and afraid. And a lot of people have what I call a, a fear of man, wanting man's approval, uh, fear of sometimes not being loved, uh, fear of being rejected, uh, fear of failure, we said. Uh, a lot of people have a failure of being inadequate, not good enough, that I'm not good enough. Or a lot of people feel... A fear of being alone, uh, as we said, a fear of loss, a fear of children uh, to make sure that they grow up okay, sickness, death, money, uh, fear of not being loved sometimes, uh, fear of anxiety when it comes to getting old. Uh, that's a whole other bag when you really start to get old. Uh, and sometimes fear of not having control over our life, over things. I got news for you. We never have control, but sometimes there's a fear of not having control of a fear of commitment. Uh, uh, I know in a lot of marriages, whether it be husband or wives, a, a real fear of anxiety of being able to love fully and not holding back, to give oneself fully to somebody uh, without holding back, uh, a fear of being hurt again, fear of being alone again. And there's so, so many fears. I, uh, I have this book called the DSM. It's a diagnostic manual for, for counseling, and it lists... Uh, a lot of the fears that are diagnosed 
And when I read some, I knew most of these, but when I read some of these, it was amazing. There's something called acrophobia, which is fear of darkness. There's acrophobia, which is a fear of heights. A lot of people have that. Aerophobia is a fear of flying. Anybody have a fear of flying? We have a anthophobia, a fear of flowers. I don't know about that one. Anthropophobia, fear of people. Uh, Aphenosomophobia, fear of being touched. Uh, Atichiphobia, fear of failure, as we mentioned. Autophobia, fear of being alone. These are all diagnoses that people go through. Uh, Barophobia, fear of gravity. That's a tough one, fear of gravity. I think that's a healthy fear right there. Uh, Balinophobia, fear of pins and needles. Bibliophobia, fear of books. I had that in high school. Uh, Catagelophobia, fear of being ridiculed. Uh, Chionophobia, fear of snow. It's tough when you live in the Poconos. Claustrophobia, we know that, fear of confined spaces. Right, Pastor Reg? (laughs) A lot of people have that. Not only 56-year-olds, but a lot of people have that. Uh, Chlorophobia, fear of clowns. Wow, fear of clowns. This is a popular one. Dentophobia, fear of dentists. Absolutely. Uh, Ephibiophobia, fear of teenagers. (laughs) Amen. Come on, let's get the hands up. <laughs> uh, gam- gamophobia, fear of marriage or commitment. Glossophobia, fear of speaking in public. Hydrophobia, fear of water. Uh, iotrophobia, fear of doctors. Just a few more. Koinoniophobia, uh, fear of rooms full of people, like churches. Uh, necrophobia, fear of dead things. Uh, nictophobia, fear of the dark. Amberophobia, fear of rain. Uh, Paparophobia, fear of paper. Um, Just a few more. Uh, Filiophobia, fear of love. Fear of love. Uh, uh, Scolianophobia, fear of school. Technophobia, fear of technology, right here. Uh, Verminiophobia, fear of germs. And this is the biggest one. Phobophobia, fear of phobias. <laughs> and they're all, they're all real uh, phobias uh, that go around, uh, that people face and people deal with. But what about us? What about Christians? What about those who believe God? What about those who have faith in God? Listen, it's not a sin when fear tries to come upon you. That's not a sin. It, it tries to come upon all of us. The sin is when you let it stay, when you give it place. When you get into it, when you allow it to stay and not pray and not resist it and not apply God's word to it, that, that's when it becomes a problem, uh, that impact of fear, giving it place. And, and we're not speaking about today, we will at some other time, we're not speaking about a holy fear of God. That's something different. Don't confuse a holy fear of God with the spirit of fear. Today we're going to address the spirit of fear, not a holy fear of God. A holy fear of God is something beautiful and wonderful and good, praise God. A holy fear of God produces intimacy and holiness in us, amen, Uh, and makes us to know God and to love God, to know his power and majesty, uh, to esteem him, to honor him, to reverence him. That's what a holy fear of God is, knowing that he means what he says, and he's got the power of life and death in his hands, praise God, to have a holy fear that causes us to, to want to know him and to live holy 
to know that uh, he has a proper place in our lives, which is number one. Uh, a holy fear of God always makes us depart from evil and wants us to live for him when we know who God really is. To know who we come before when we come to church, when we come to prayer, we're not just coming to an old buddy-buddy. We're coming before God. And a holy fear of God gives us a reverence for that and an acknowledgement of that um, and a praise of God for that. Amen. And God means what he says. All the love things, but all the warnings and all the judgments, absolutely. But we're not going to talk about that today. We're talking about a, a fear of God today. Uh, I'm not fear of God. A, a spirit of fear. I'm sorry. A spirit of fear. Uh, fear will always lead to some kind of bondage. Romans 8.15 says that we don't have that spirit of fear. Excuse me, uh, not that, uh, but we have a, a spirit of bondage again to fear uh, in Romans 8.15. 2 Timothy speaks about we don't have a, a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. That, that's what we have, and we could resist fear. And I'm not going to speak about wise fears today. A wise fear is, you know, walking down a dark alley when you see, a, you know, a bunch of thugs in there and thinking you walk through. The, things like that, you know, we've got to use our brains and have a, a, a wise fear. But a fear, a spirit of fear that tries to come upon us, that causes an emotion, a, a, a distressing emotion uh, caused by danger, pain, or threat, whether real or, or imagined. Uh, we always know that Satan's kingdom is always ruled by fear. If he can get you to be afraid, if he can get you to worry, if he can get you to be nervous, uh, and, and it stays, not just situational, but it stays. If he can get you to, to used to living with fear <clears throat> and making excuses for it and trying to get really Christian about it but still feeling it, that, then he's got us. But God's kingdom is always ruled by, by love. God's kingdom is ruled by love, by faith, by his holy word. Watch out for that fear. That should be a sign that Satan's up to something, up to something. God addressed fear throughout this whole Bible. So many times, hundreds of times, as you say, fear not. Do not be afraid. Do not be anxious for anything. He always addresses fear. And he addressed, he addressed fear to uh, so many what we call heroes of the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, Joshua, Moses, uh, Paul, uh, <coughs> Jay Irish, so many others. He always spoke not being afraid to people who were afraid. As long as we don't let it stay. As long as we don't let it take over. As long as we don't dwell on it. As long as we don't make our decisions based on fear of, of something happening or not happening. Watch when you do that. Watch out when we get in God's way. We make a decision based on we're afraid. If I don't do this, this is going to happen. Or if, I, or if I don't do this, this might not happen. And we make decisions based on fear that always blow up in our face. That always blow up in our face and tend to make things worse. We talk about fear and, and throughout the whole word of God. And, and, and how did it come in God's kingdom? Where, where did it come? Well, it came in at the fall. Way, way in, the, in the very beginning in Genesis. Fear came in. Because of sin, of, the, of sin, of doubt and unbelief, fear came in. We know the sin of Adam and Eve. When they ate that apple, God told them not to eat of this tree. You could eat of all these other trees. They, they disobeyed. We know the story. They wouldn't have to go into that. And because of the sin of disobedience, because they doubted God that he meant what he said, because they doubted God's word, they took it upon themselves to sin, to do what they thought was right, not according to God's word. And the word of God says something so clear. Adam said in Genesis 3.10, it says, I heard a voice in the garden, and Adam said, and I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. Because I was afraid. Wow. That unbroken fellowship that Adam and Eve had with God walking through that garden. Because of sin, because of doubt and unbelief and the sin of disobedience, fear came in. 
and it's been lodging in this world ever since. It's been lodging in Christians, it's been lodging in this world, it's, it's, it's been lodging uh, even in Israel today and all that's going on there. Fear, fear always destroys fellowship with God. Fear, anxiety, worry. I'm not, I'm not talking about those, that initial impact, no. I'm talking about when we let it stay and we get used to it. We, we make excuses for it. We minimize it. We, we avoid talking about it. Uh, we, we rationalize sometimes our fears and anxieties. You know, well, that's the world today and all this other stuff. No, it's not. Not when we know Christ. Not when, not when we know God. Psalm 56.3. Uh, I'm sorry, I missed my scripture. In Isaiah chapter 41, we'll have it up on the screen. Look how the Lord addresses this. In Isaiah chapter 41, right in verse 10, <clears throat> again he says, fear not. Now he's talking to people who, who need God's help, who are experiencing fear. He says, fear not. Why? I'm with you. See, sometimes we forget about that. Fear tries to lie to us and tell us God's not here, God doesn't care, God's not involved, God's elsewhere because we're going through something. No, fear not. Why? I am with you. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to I'm, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to hold you. I'm not going to let you go. I know it's a fearful thing. I know you're going through a tough time, but I am with you. Don't forget about that. Don't make the fear lie to you. Fear is a liar. Fear is a liar. God's mad at you. God doesn't want you. God's a, no, no, no. God is with you. He says, be not dismayed, for I am your God. Oh, my Jesus. When we fear, when anxiety about anything tries to come upon us, he says, I will strengthen you and I will help you. I will uphold you uh, with my righteous right hand. Don't forget he holds you and he's not going to let you go, no matter how you feel. Don't go by how you feel. I know how we feel. We feel all this stuff. But we don't go by that. We go by, God, you said your word, Lord God. It's okay to hold God to his word. It's okay to go before God and say, God, you said. And I'm going to believe what you said, God, that you're with me, that you're not going to let me go, God. In verse 13 of the same chapter of uh, Isaiah 41, he says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, again, fear not, I will help you. That's God speaking. That's not me speaking. you got to worry if I'm going to help you. But if God's going to help you, you don't have to worry about anything. He said, I will help you. Don't, don't be afraid. And if you turn the page in Isaiah 43, verse 1, he again says, it says, But now, thus said the Lord who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. <clears throat> Why? I redeemed you. I set you apart. You're not a regular person anymore. You're, you're the redeemed of the Lord. You've got a special place in his heart. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. And this has got to be the answer to it. You are mine. You, you are mine. You're mine. You're, you're, I, I, I got you. <clears throat> See, sometimes we even forget who owns us. We think fear owns us. We think fear's got authority. No, God says, you are mine. And sometimes, based on the amount of fear, we forget about that. When all these things are happening, we forget that, wait a minute, I'm God's. I don't have to let this fear in. I could resist it. I can stand on the truth. I can stand on God's word. Why? I'm his, praise God, and he's with me, and he said to hold me by my right hand, God. See, we've got to remember that when fear knocks on the door. See, it's easy to remember that now in church, but when fear knocks on the door about midnight tonight, when he tries to bring back all that garbage, you stand on God's word. No matter what fear says, praise God. Psalm 56, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you, Lord. 
Because you know sometimes we're going to get afraid. He knows sometimes things are going to happen, and they do. Personal things, family things, crisis, calamity, and to, to, to bring fear upon us. And fear does knock on the door. And sometimes we, we, we have that impact of being afraid, of being scared sometimes of situations and so many things. But God says, when I am afraid, and it's okay to have that impact of fear, but we don't let it stay. When I am afraid, I'm going to trust you, God. See, it's a trust that results in peace. It's a trust that results in, in, in a rest. It's not just a verbal thing. I'm going to trust you, God, and then you're scared to death. No, God, I want to trust you to the point where no matter what is going on, and it's a real thing going on, Lord God, I'm going to trust you where I have peace. We got to get to that point. How do we get to that point? We know him. We know him. We know him. We've been spending time with him. We've been in prayer. We've been reading the word. We know him. We have that intimate walk with him. We know him. That's how come we could trust him. You can't trust who you don't know. How are you going to trust somebody you don't know? Someone comes on the street and says, give me all the money in your wallet and I'll give it back to you next week. Nah, are you kidding me? That ain't going to happen. Well, I don't know you. I don't trust you. If he has a gun, that's different. You give him the wallet. But I mean, other than that, but other than that, I trust you, God. See, sometimes fear does a lot of things. As we said, it destroys fellowship and intimacy. What it does is it takes us out of the, the fight for our lives and our families. In, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 20, in Deuteronomy, let me get there. In Deuteronomy chapter 20, there's a scripture when the, the Lord is speaking about uh, warfare issues with, with God's people. And there's a scripture that says in Deuteronomy 20, verse 8, it says, uh, again, preparing the people for battle. The officers shall speak further to the people and say, What man is there who is fearful and faint-hearted? Let him go and return to his house, lest the heart of his brethren faint like his heart. See, those who were fearful couldn't fight. They weren't able to, to, to fight. So they were faint-hearted, and, and fear was contagious. He said, send those home so it doesn't spread through the camp. So you've got to watch out who you hang out with. You've got to watch out who you let speak into your life. Not everybody's going to be from God. And if you're hanging around fearful people, fear-prone people, you better watch out. That's going to jump on you, that spirit of fear. And you're going to start to get anxious. And you're not going to know why. You're going to start to get a little, little worried about things. You're not going to know why. Well, watch who you're hanging out with. Who you letting speak into your life? Speaking all these, all these fearful things. But see, sometimes what fear tries to do is it wants to take you out of the fight. Because we know... He, the devil knows that once you're filled with God's presence, you're, you're in a fight. Satan doesn't have a chance. So what's he going to try and do? He's trying to get you out of the fight. So he can have his way with your kids. So he can have his way in your marriage. So he can have his way in your finances. So he can have his way here. If he can take you out, he's got a clear line. And what takes you out? Fear. Anxiety. Worry. That self-focused issues. See, he can't. He, we, we don't let him do that. That's why we resist it. Because we know we're in a spiritual battle. We know we're in a fight. In so many ways, we know that, that we're in a fight. I think I heard, I, I don't know who said it, and I'm sorry, I don't know who said it. Uh, but when we become saved, uh, we don't just become saved, we become enlisted. We're, we're in that army of the Lord. And we forget about that. Don't be taken out of the fight. 
Just like those 10 spies, remember the 10 spies that came back with a bad report when Moses and God's people were about to cross the Jordan? Remember, he sent the spies into the land to spy out to the land, and they came back and said, yeah, there's big grapes there, there's a lot of wonderful things, but there's giants there, and we can't beat these guys because we are like grasshoppers in their sight. And they spoke that, and it went throughout all the camp. And they never were able to cross over. Why? Because fear is contagious. Grasshopper. Fear makes you think you're a grasshopper. Fear makes you think you're a bug compared to the things that you face. In other words, it makes you feel little compared to the, the giant that, 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 that faces you. What a lie from hell. What a lie from hell. You're not a grasshopper, which is a good thing. Fear always exhausts its circumstances over God's word, over God's promise, over God's command. It robs you of victory, it robs you of faith, robs you of joy, it robs you of everything. Fear stops us from, from moving forward. Just like Israel at the Red Sea, they got so scared because they'd just been coming, they wanted to even go back. See, when you get fearful, it's hard for you to go forward in the things of God because you're so apprehensive, you're so nervous, you're so worried about things, it kind of makes you, well, want to go back. Well, I, I hate what's back there, but I'm used to it. See, I don't like that old life, but I'm used to it. So I could function in there, but going ahead, I don't know, that fear about what might be kind of stops us cold sometimes. See, sometimes we as Christians get used to the most terrible things. We, we function in most terrible places because we get used to some things we should never get used to. We accept some things we should never accept according to God's word. Because maybe sometimes fear has, has gripped our heart and fear also immobilizes us. Fear doesn't only stop us from going forward. It kind of makes us freeze a little bit where we don't do anything. And sometimes we live lives that we're stuck. We're stuck. We know we can't go back, but I'm afraid to go forward. And, 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 and we get stuck. You know, just like when David fought Goliath uh, 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 many years ago. David came to the, to the fight, and, and the Word of God says that the army of Israel was, quote, dreadfully afraid. They were scared. They were nervous of Goliath and the Philistines. And the, and the Word of God says, I forget exactly what scripture, but it says uh, that uh, David came uh, to, to see the fight, to see the battle. There was no battle. There was no fight. They were scared on the hill. They were standing there. They were dreadfully afraid. Oh, they yelled, a good, they yelled a good shout. They shouted, ah, we're going to kill it. They didn't move until David came. Why didn't they move? Because they were afraid of Goliath. The Word of God said they were dreadfully afraid, and they were immobilized. They just stood on that side of that hill in the Valley of Elah because they were afraid to, to go down and attack Goliath and attack the Philistines. See, sometimes fear's goal is to keep you stuck, keep you right where you are without going forward. Sometimes what fear will try to make you do is try to make you stay in that terrible, terrible situation that you know you don't like. You know you should be out of it, but fear makes you kind of get stuck in it. And I've known people who have been stuck for, I think, all their lives. I think all their lives. I think all their lives. I want to briefly speak about uh, two storms in the Word of God. Uh, and I'm going to there are all the storms are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but I'm going to kind of give a synopsis of each one, 
Uh, and the first one is in Matthew 8, Mark 4, and Luke 8. And you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to give the highlights of it. But here you have Jesus, okay, with his apostles. And he gives them a command. Go to the other side. All right, go, go to the other side. Okay, done deal. We're going to the other side. How come? Jesus said it. If Jesus says it, that's it. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen no matter what. So when we hear a word from God that says that whether in the Scripture or, or God gives us that word in our heart, what do, what do we do with that? Do we believe it with all of our heart, especially when the circumstances don't seem to support it? See, a lot of times God will, give, will say something to you through his word. He'll say something to you, and he'll give you promises or whatever, and then all the circumstances will seem the opposite of it. And all hell will be breaking loose. Will you still stand on his word? Will you still trust what he said, no matter what you see, no matter what you feel, that we're going to the other side? And here are the apostles. Jesus is asleep on a boat. I can tell you a boat story later on. But Jesus was asleep on a boat. And the apostles got scared. The storm came up. Big storm. Wind blowing, water coming over the thing. Just, you know, you know what a storm is. It was just a terrible place to be uh, in a storm. And they go to Jesus. And they want to wake him up. I could just see the apostle, you wake him. No, you wake him. <laughs> no, you wake him. I ain't going to wake him. He's God. I ain't going to wake him. You wake him. I think going back and forth. They finally wake him up. And what do they say to him? And they're scared to death. Now, these are fishermen who are used to storms. They're scared. They're, they're nervous. They're anxious. What do they say to Jesus? Jesus, get up. What's going on, guys? We're perishing. In other words, we're going to die. We're going down. We never saw a storm like this before. And don't you care that we're perishing? What? Not only did fear lie to them saying that they're perishing, but fear made them doubt that God cared. Whoa! Is fear a liar or what? See, what fear will do, fear will speak loudly. But they didn't have to worry because the word of God says in Psalm 29, 10, the Lord sat enthroned at the flood, and the Lord sits as king forever. He's God of the flood. He's God of the storm, praise God. It's all under his control, praise God. But they were scared. And what fear made them think was, one, we're perishing. Fear will always make you think the worst. Fear will always make you think you're going down. Fear will always make you think, there's no way out of this thing. The worst is going to happen. Ever hear that phrase, when your worst fears come through? Oh, fear loves to do that. Fear loves to make you think you're, you're perishing. Fear loves to make you think you're going to lose it all. Fear loves to make you think that there's no way out. And the worst thing how fear lies to us is make you think that God doesn't care. That God's way over there. That he's way over there. No. You're not going to perish. Jesus never set you up. He told them to go to the other side. And that's what was going to happen. And no matter what had to happen, he was getting them on the other side. See, sometimes don't judge God by the circumstances you face. Judge God by the holiness and the wonder of his word that it's true, that you can bank your life on it no matter what you see, no matter what you think, no matter what you feel. You can bank your life on it and stand on that word. I would love there to read the apostles where they go, and the storm is there, and say, well, don't make Jesus. Why? We're going to the other side. Just hold on. It's going to be a rough ride. Hold on. Let's bail. But we're going to get there, praise God. Amen? And sometimes we got to bail. And sometimes it is a rough ride. But you're going to get to the other side. Why? Jesus said so. 
He will uphold his promise to you. He will uphold his word to you. Because he loves you. You're his. What are you scared about? He's going to work that out. I don't know how. But he's going to work that out his way, his will. Pray. Stand on that word. I know the storm is scary. I know that. I know the water's coming in. I know that. I know the wind is knocking some things down. I know that. I know that. I know the water line is, is low. I, I know that. But he said you're going to get through. Okay, Lord. I trust you. And I'm going to have a peace. And I will not fear. I will not let fear take me over, my marriage, my family, my children. I will not, not let it take over in the name of Jesus. Because why? Because fear is going to make you lose sight of your, your destination. Fear will make you lose your way. And I know so many Christians have lost their way. Started out so good. So good. Marriages that started out so good. But a husband or a wife have lost their way. They got afraid of giving love fully. They got afraid of being vulnerable. They got afraid of, of, of loss, of what happens if I do this? I don't want to get hurt again. Nah, nah. See, lies of fear make you think that Jesus doesn't care. We just read that it. it's a complete opposite. He loves you. And I just believe when Jesus woke up, we know the word of God, he stood on the bow of the boat and looked over the storm. He said, peace be still. And the wave stopped. And I just, in my own heart, I just believe. The apostles were over there. I, I just believe in my own heart. Jesus is one of these. To the storm, peace be still. <clears throat> and looks at the apostles. And I think he wanted to say the same thing to them. Peace be still. Be still. It's okay. Be still. Be still. And the second storm, briefly, is in Matthew 14, Mark 6, and John 6. Again, he gives a command to, to go to the other side. All right, we're going to go to the other side. And here comes a storm. And sometimes Jesus sends us into a storm. He's not, he's not, not, for your, uh, not, not to destroy you, not to drown you, not to kill you. But to maybe trust him and, 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 and build your faith. You see, you're not going to have faith built in, in, in a regular nice calm seas. Anybody can go through that. But when that storm comes up, that maybe Jesus allowed and just, just kind of sent you through. Maybe he's trying to build something in you. Or maybe he's trying to take something out of you. Maybe he's trying to take that anxiety and fear out and put in faith and trust and love. And know that when you trust him, it's going to be okay. When you give all of your heart, it's going to be okay. And they go into the storm, and here comes the storm again. And the apostles' response was, uh, the word of God says, they were straining and rowing. They rowed harder in the storm. They, they rowed harder in that storm. And that's what we do sometimes. When we get afraid, we take it upon ourselves. We got to do something. I got to fix this. I got to change that person. I got to work here. I got to do that. And we get involved in this self-effort. And what happens? More water comes in the boat. See, watch out when you think you got to do something. What you got to do is obey God. What you got to do is do what he says. And watch out when you start trying to take over, when you start trying to fix everybody, when you start trying to 
uh, to change this and change that. How about you get on your knees and pray, Lord God, you change this, Lord God. How about you get on your knees and pray, Lord God, change me because I'm afraid right now, Lord God. And that's why, Lord God, that's why I, I, I feel I've got to do something, God. And what's so amazing, here comes Jesus. And our God is, he was up in the mountain praying. He comes walking on the water. I love this. He comes walking on the water. Now, these waves are big. I don't know how he did it. Did he step over the waves? Did, was it a clear path? I don't know how he did it, because I've seen big waves, and they're pretty, pretty, uh, pretty awesome. But here he is. He, he, he's walking on water. Why? Now, he was up in the mountain praying. If I was God, I ain't getting wet. If I was God, Lord, send angels, still the, still the, the stormy sea. He could have spoke a word and the sea would have been eh, like glass. He could have spoke a word and the sea would have been just so calm and everything would have been over. He didn't speak a word. Why? Because he loved them so much, he wanted to be with them. See, he wants to be with you. He loves you. He could have stayed up in that mountain, did his thing. But he came down. Why? I love these guys. They're afraid. I got, I've got to be with them. And he wants to be with you. He loves you. Let that in. Let that in. Break, break down that wall right now. Let his love. He comes to where you are when you're scared. He comes to where you are when you're nervous about something. He comes to where you are when you don't know what to do. He comes to where you are when fear's lying to you about what's going to happen. He comes to when you are to where you are when you're alone and there's no one else around except him. He comes to where you are because he's holding you by your right hand and he's not going to let you go. I don't care how big that storm is. He's not going to let you go. He loves you. 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 Especially when you're afraid. Especially when you're scared. Especially when you're a little fearful. Especially when you're anxious, apprehensive. Here comes Peter. He says, Lord, if it's you. Like there was a crowd on the sea, right? Lord, if it's you. Bid me come. It wasn't a high traffic area at the time, you know. Lord, if it's you, you know. If it's you, Lord, bid me come. Jesus says that amazing word, one word. Come. Come. Peter gets out of the boat. You know the story. And he starts walking on water. As much as we sometimes mock Peter, the, the guy was walking on water. They came walking on water, and he, and he walked on water, which is amazing. Imagine, imagine him just getting out of the boat, just kind of putting his foot in. And, and the Lord, Jesus had to change the laws of nature to do this. He put his foot in, and it seemed solid enough to hold him up, maybe like a gel or something, but he didn't go down. He, and then he put his foot in, and he stepped out of the boat. And he started walking to Jesus with his eyes fixed on Jesus, just he's walking and just looking at the Lord. And all of a sudden, this big wave hit him on the side. 
Whoa. And he got distracted. Watch that lousy devil. If he could distract you, if he could distract you from Christ, if he could distract you from getting your eyes off him, see, that, that was your problem. You got your eyes off him. You started to put your eyes on the fear. You started to put your eyes on what was happening around you. You started to put your eyes on everything except Jesus. And they, they, he, he, he got distracted, and, and he stopped looking at Jesus. And the Word of God says he began to sink. He began, it wasn't a bloop. He began to sink. And that's what Satan does. He, he begins that sinking process, one thing after another, where you start to sink. It's not an immediate thing. It's over time where, where fear tries to wear you down to make you sink, to make you go down. But what did Peter do? Peter not only took his eyes off, off Jesus, but when Peter walked on water, he gave absolute authority uh, of the kingship and, and, and power of Jesus Christ. Jesus was in charge. He was the authority. When he took his eyes off Jesus, he gave authority to the wind and the waves. He gave authority back to the wind and waves that you're more powerful and I'm afraid of you and I'm going to sink. What do you give authority to in your life? Are you giving authority to that fear, those lies, that, that anxiety? Are you giving your authority to that situation that you face? That situation has no authority. Don't give it no authority, praise God. Jesus Christ has all authority. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Stop giving all those other things authority, power, and control. They're nothing. Jesus is all authority. Keep your eyes on him. And some of us got to repent for giving other things authority over our lives. Giving fear authority. Giving worry authority. Giving those situations authority over our lives. And, and he began to sink. And they, and they said it was a, a, a ghost. Why? And we have to watch out for this. Because they didn't know his heart. They didn't have that intimate walk yet, but they didn't know the heart of Christ. That he would never let them perish. He would never let them drown in this situation. He doubted because he didn't, they didn't know Jesus' heart. See, that's why it's so important to know Jesus. To know his heart, his word, his love. To know him. That when the devil lies and says, Jesus doesn't love you, or he's not concerned, you can stand up and say, that's a lie, devil. I know my God. I know who I believe, praise God. I know his heart, praise God. Do you know his heart? Do you know, I'm talking about just not knowing of him. Do you know his heart? That he's a God of, of, of compassion and love and, and all the things that he is. Do you know his heart? See, when you know his heart, you can trust him and, and come back to, to Satan's lies. When you know his heart, he's the one that has all authority, praise God. They doubted his unparalleled compassion. See, they missed the message of the loaves and fishes. They thought Jesus was just a good provider. He was a good provider, but he did it out of compassion. They missed the compassion part. They missed the compassion part. i got to begin to close. That one word held up Peter. That one word. Hebrews 1 says, he upholds all things by the word of his power. He upholds all things by the word of his power. And Peter walked on water because he trusted Jesus. What's walking on water for you? What's that impossible thing for you? Maybe it's forgiving somebody. Maybe it's giving all in your marriage. Maybe it's 
not worrying about money. Maybe it's letting go of some things you need to let go to and simply trust God. See, fear will always give authority to the storm. Fear will always give authority to what you face apart from God. We can't let that happen. No doubt in unbelief. No doubt in unbelief. And when they got back in the boat, it's amazing that Jesus asked Peter a question. And it wasn't so much, he didn't, he didn't say, why are you afraid, why all that? But he says something amazing. He says, Peter, why did you doubt? Whew. He didn't say, why were you afraid? Why were you scared? He said, no, why did you doubt me? That would break my heart. Why'd you doubt me? You think I was going to let you sink? You think I was going to let you die? You think I was going to let you go? You think I was going to give more power to the waves in my word? I told you, going to the other side. Why'd you doubt me? And sometimes we got to go deep in our heart, my people. Deep in our heart. Say, Lord God, forgive me the times I doubted you. Oh, God, forgive me for the times I didn't think you were going to come through. Forgive me, Lord, for when I let unbelief take over me, God, and I lost my way, and I became someone that other than who you desired me to be. Lord, I'm so sorry for doubting you, doubting your compassion, doubting your love, doubting, God, you. I am so, so sorry, Lord God. The Word of God says there is no fear in love. And in 1 John 4, 8, the Word of God says perfect love casts out fear. What's perfect love? When we receive the fact that he loved us and died for us, when we receive that, and now we go and love others. 1 John 4, 10, 11, and 12. When we love one another, God abides in us. And the Word of God says, Love is perfected. Receive his love. Receive his love. He's not mad at you. He's not going to let you drown. Storms happen. It's okay. But when you receive that love, when you trust that love, and now you start to give out that love, love is perfected. And when love is perfected, fear cannot stay. Fear cannot stay, praise God. Brittany, you can come up, please. So let's choose today as we close. Let's choose not to fear. Let's choose to resist. Let's choose to cast down imaginations against anything that exalts itself over the knowledge of God. Let, let's, let's, let's train our mind to resist those thoughts of fear. And some of us, maybe we need to maybe acknowledge fear. Yes, Lord, I'm, I'm afraid of this or I'm scared of that, God my marriage, my children, whatever it may be, God. Yes, fear has taken place in my life, God. Let's repent for giving fear place. Let's repent for doubting unbelief and giving authority to fear. Let's, let's trust God to, to know his heart more, to know him more, to love him, to know his unlimited power, to know his magnitude of his protection for us, praise God. Let's have confidence in the supernatural, wonderful deliverance to deliver us from fear. Word of God says in 34, Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord. He heard me and delivered me from all my fears. We've got to seek the Lord. 
knowing that he hears us and be upfront with him, be honest with him. And Lord, deliver me from, from all my fears. Let's, let's stand on his word. Let's stand on his promises. And let's walk in that, that perfect love. And I close with these two scriptures. Psalm 23, verse 4. You know the scripture. <clears throat> Yea, through I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they, they comfort me, Lord. Hallelujah. And in closing, Psalm 27. Oh, I love this. It said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh and my enemies and foes, they, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my, my heart shall not fear. The war may arise against me, and this I will be confident. And one thing I have desired of the Lord, that I will seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And for in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret place of the tabernacle. He shall hide me, and he shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted above my enemies all around me. Therefore, I will offer sacrifices of joy in the tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Amen. Come on, give him praise right now. Just give him praise. Say, God, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, my Jesus. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Thank you, my Lord God.